Welcome to Emirates Podcast, episode number 28. This is your host, Suman Silwal. Two requirements for you to grace the and they must be scenic and beautiful, and they must be mountainous. Visit emirates.com to listen to our previous podcast shows, links to our social media channels, and more. Today we are here at the Palm Public Library, and uh, I have uh, Bob Waters, Sonny Workman, and Jesse Jensen. Welcome, guys. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. The reason the reason they're here uh, is that they recently ran Class uh, Twitter 100. Let's talk about that a little bit and, and talk about, I think I, I want to start with it. Jesse, t- tell us why you, you decided 100, and this was your first 100, correct? This was my third attempt at 100. Um, this was my first successful 100. Um, when I saw the race and where it was, it just looked like it would be a really beautiful um, incredibly challenging place to attempt it so I just went into it hoping for the best and was totally fine if I didn't finish it but I just wanted a really big challenging one and I got it <laughs> <laughs> are you looking for a challenge or you just want to finish it? that's yeah. usually they come and for a hundred it doesn't matter they come both I guess it was challenging um, but it was great. It was a great experience. I was with Sunny and Missy the whole time, and I couldn't have done it without the two of them. They were instrumental to finishing that because it was a lot more challenging than I think any of us really knew it was going to be. So being with them really helped a great deal. We'll talk about the race a little bit more. Try to kind of get what the race like. Let's just talk about. It. Let me talk to Sunny. So this Sunny, this is what one hundred number. This no, is my second one hundred. Second one hundred. You have done two challenging. Sounds like you. You just love challenge. Well, I have two requirements for any big race that I run. They must be scenic and beautiful, and they must be mountainous. And this boy, did it fit the bill? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, so you, you like the course? Do you when when you do the scenic and beautiful? When you do scenic, do you actually stop and take pictures uh, oh, absolutely. or enjoy? Or? Absolutely. I mean, I'm not getting paid for this stuff. I'm in the bottom when I finish. <laughs> and I, I do it for the experience, the adventure, um, and to get to see beautiful different places. Um, I'm not the best orienteer person. Bob can attest to that because <laughs> I've had to call him to get me out of messes. So I need a marked course. Um, and I get to see places I otherwise would never see and Meet people from all over the world and just have a great adventure in the woods. Bob, this is the second time we're talking, so I think last time we we talked, you were talking about hundred. This this race in particular, I think that we were training for this race. So how's it? How was your experience there? It was uh, a lot different than what I was anticipating. Uh, like they said, it on paper, this race did not look like uh, it ended up being. It's it's very mountainous region with uh, steep inclines and uh, it's, it's gorgeous but it's definitely not uh, just a walk in the park that's for sure it, it's a tough race so uh, what is the elevation for this uh, race well if you look at the website it says twenty five thousand. but jesse found a garmin that they had put on the site that i didn't know about this till we're in the middle of the race but her garmin said 40 40 is a lot so they had posted the .gpx file on the website. So when I put it in the moves count to put it into my watch, it said the total gain was over 40,000. On the website, it says over 25. I don't, I don't know if it was 
what it was because my watch accidentally turned it off in the middle, so it didn't actually record the whole thing. But um, by the time we had hit about mile 30, we had done over 10,000 feet of gain. So, and it didn't get any easier after 30. It just got progressively harder and steeper. So I have not been hurry and I still have I have not gone back to do it because <laughs> two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning climbing that pinnacle was not fun. It sounds like you guys had that lot of those as you climbed through the thing. And it's unlike pinnacle, it's not switchbacks. Pinnacle is a walk in the park compared to this stuff because this stuff was straight up and straight down. There were no switchbacks. A couple of places there were a few. But for the most part, the really big, steep, 20% grade climbs straight up. So which part of Kentucky is Well, it was in Kentucky and Virginia. You weaved in and out. Okay, gotcha. So it started in Kentucky and then that part. Uh, Just south of West Virginia. It's it's real close to West Virginia as well. So it's uh, it's the mountainous region. You've got Cumberland there. What is that mountain called? Uh, Pine Mountain. Pine Mountain. Yes, it's... It's a beautiful area when you're driving in and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be great. We must be just running around the edge or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this, this race, uh, was there is point-to-point race or is it a kind of... Sort of an out and back. Um, okay. You go out to mile about 32 and then you do a little out and back some and then out to a further point and then back to that 32. And then you do that again, and then you go back to the beginning. So it's um, it's out to 32, then out and back, out and back, and then back to the beginning. So easier to manage for the, for like if you're A station or people? No. no. Long stretches between eight stations. There were eight stretches of eight to nine and a half miles with no eight. And butts has spoiled us. That's that's what I'm gonna guess. Completely I've never done a large race outside of Alabama, Georgia, and I didn't realize how spoiled we were as far as aid stations go and the good variety of foods and heavy things that you need later on in the race. We had watered down chicken broth, peanut butter and jelly, and cookies. That's all you had. And maybe some Bananas or can't just. forget the moon pies. I'm not, da- I'm not dissing the race, the RD no. or any of the volunteers or anything like that. It just, it was we're spoiled. We're we just we just we're we just used to you know when you run Penhody you get probably can gain more oh, weight than, well, than when you, you when get you, eggs and bacon and pizza and just amazing. there was a lot of community involvement in this race. Oh, and, and they were really trying to do everything to help you that they could. The problem was they weren't runners. So you had aid station workers that didn't really know that you needed. But yeah, we get spoiled. That's right. Oh, we are spoiled. <laughs> so what, what was the hardest part of the race for you, Disney? Um, that section that Bob was talking about past mile 30, where it's these two little dog legs that you kind of do twice. That part, it's pitch dark the whole time. It's some of the steepest climbing, I thought. And um, that's the longest stretches in between the aid stations. So nine miles doesn't sound like a big deal, but out there, I mean, it was taking us about three hours or so to go nine miles because it was just so steep and it was dark. So that was the hardest section because it just felt like you were never going to get 
to that age station. So we just kept kind of putting everything on, like, okay, once we get to the next aid station, and so you'd get there, and then it was like, okay, nine miles to the next one, mm-hmm. and it's, we were just ready to get off that section and start heading back, so I think that was probably the, the more grueling, mentally, it just felt like we were never going to get off that section. <laughs> Is there any point that you said, um, I can't do this anymore, or you just want to do it, regardless? Um, after we got lost like the second time I was definitely saying if they were going to drop I was going to drop it was just becoming so frustrating we were so tired at that point it was really far into the race and um, it was just we had done a lot of extra miles at that point and it was just um, it was it was a really low spot for the (laughs) three of us (laughs) It it was a really tough part but it wasn't you didn't have the luxury of calling and getting picked up, so you just kind of had to keep going until you got to the next spot. And then even then, there wasn't a spot somebody could even come get you anyway, so it was just like you just kind of got to soldier on. And Either you just run to finish or run to finish, I guess. Yeah. Those are the only two choices you had, or run and walk. Yeah. Talk to us about uh, your uh, getting getting lost. or this. I think there was, <laughs> there was an issue with the flag. I think I read... Your posts, I think you guys getting lost over and over. So you're some some people weren't happy. I don't. Most people were very happy, extremely happy to have us there. I mean, the the kindness from the community was overwhelming. Um, they've really been decimated by the coal industry collapsing. Um, so people were just they treated us like rock stars when we were there. It was really surreal. Um, but there were, as always, a few tiny, small section of people that didn't want us out there. And these people, I don't think, understand the danger of it, but they pulled flags. And not only did they pull flags, but they went off course and we hung them. So once you got off course, you would kind of get further off course, but you would see flagging and think, oh, I'm back on course. And you would follow the flags and you would go down um, for those familiar with Oak Mountain, the equivalent of going down the yellow white connector into a dead end. And then you would have to turn around and go back up. And we did that on two or three different mountains. So when did y'all realize somebody was maybe messing around with their flags? When we were at the dead end. And Bob, being the precious, wonderful soul (laughs) that he is, actually answered the phone during his race. And we called him, we're like, look, we, we, we don't know where we are. We were pretty hot and at the end of our route. And he was kind enough to kind of direct us out of where we were. Back on course. I, I was lucky enough to be in the, the front group on the way out that got lost originally following those flags. And uh, so I had a, a better idea on, on what had gone on. And pulled some of the flags once we got back onto the course, pulled the flags that directed you off course. Now, there were still some further out. So mm-hmm. if you went another you know, 20 yards, you'd start seeing the flags again going the wrong way. But, um, you know, I, I had it in my head on any out and back course as I'm running it and I come to an intersection, I always stop and turn around and look to see what it's going to look like on the way back. Lesson learned. Because it looks <laughs> very different coming the opposite yeah. way. So, you know, I had, I had an idea on how to get back. 
uh, but there was a good three mile stretch of no flags uh, besides the ones that were wrong. So when I was coming back, having already made the mistake on the way out, uh, I got to the point where you come down a hill and there's a gate that I knew which way to go. Now, I kept in my mind, okay, I shouldn't see this pretty soon. I should see these new trespassing signs that that guy also put up. And eventually I did see those. <clears throat> so I had the cues along the way to, to pick up. So when they initially called, uh, they were standing at the gate. And they're like, okay, we're standing at the gate, and the race director has told us to go this way. I'm like, no, don't go that way. Go, go left. You know, just stay that way. And eventually, you're going to see some some flags. But um, and I realized later on that I should have given them more of a distance because they would have seen some other flags first, which were the wrong ones. Because uh, uh, the person that did that really wanted you to go that way. Yeah. He had thrown up ribbons everywhere where the turn was to go off course. Uh, so it was it was really a, a well thought out plan to, to wreck the course. <laughs> Sabotage the and race. At that something. point you were at mile seventy ish. So mentally you're at the bottom of the bucket. You, you're not way. thinking then. And it, it just that's when the wheels just fell yeah. off the bus because you the, it's mental at that point anyway even if everything's going perfect and flagged perfectly so for something to throw you off mentally as well at that point was just which, which, is, which is bad i mean even in trail five miles in, into the race two miles in race, you get off the course and it's really difficult you know even if you're running 10 miles yeah. it doesn't matter because you know unless you really know the course it's it's always difficult, and then having seventy miles into it, that's just that's just I guess pure mean. <laughs> this course was hard enough to follow as it was. Yeah. Uh, being a horse trail, the markers they didn't put sprinkler flags out on the ground. You know, they either hung ribbons in the trees on certain portions, but the majority of it was permanent markers upon trees that are meant for people on horses to see. So you can't look at the ground where your feet are going to be hitting. You've got to look up at the trees. I mean, you're constantly having to look up and down. It's, it's hard to follow. So what was the reaction from the race director? Well, we had another run-in with some locals that Bob didn't have. So we actually had to fill out police reports at the end of the race, <laughs> which was real interesting. I've never done that before. Wow. So she, everyone in the community was upset because that race meant a lot to them. It meant a lot to them, more ways than one. So they were very sweet people that were very welcoming and opening. So just changing topic a little bit, uh, this is uh, how does it feel to have your first buckle? Oh, amazing. <laughs> it's, uh, it was really special um, to get it, especially on that course. So, ready to do another one. Maybe in coming up. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe come, come back to Lake Morton? Yes, I'm planning on doing that one and finishing that. So. Lake Morton, I mean, I've, I've done it almost every year now. That's, that's the only hundred I run, looks like. It's mentally, it's really challenging when you have to come back to that, that <clears throat> gate station over and over. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's so nice that you know... Mm-hmm. The people that are waiting for you in their faces, the people, you know, yeah. just one of these positions, do not drink bourbon and coffee at 3 o'clock in the morning, mile 89. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, you, you loved, loved your buckle and add more. Yes. 
So, so do you wear it all the time, or I haven't actually worn it yet because I never wear pants that have belt loops. I'm always in like Under Armour pants, but I think tomorrow I'm gonna make a concerted effort. Yeah, Sunny has one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to wear it tomorrow, I think. So. But yeah, you 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 have to show off your buck. I think that's it. I used to wear it all the time. I, whenever I get chance now, you know, I don't want to show off too much. People think, you show me Yeah, <laughs> it's worth some 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 something you worth showing off. It's something to be proud of, and I think this race is a very special race. No matter what your ability or how many you've done, I think anybody that does this one would understand that it it's a special one. I don't think. Um, there's a lot like the cloud splitter. There's definitely a lot of challenges, you know, mentally and physically. I think if you want a really challenging race, it is a great one. You just need to go into it knowing, you know, that it's not very well marked in spots. You might get lost. Aid stations are spaced very far apart. It's lots and lots of climbing. It's not going to be an easy, um, you know, trail. It's... Is this a Western State qualifier? Yeah, I think it's too young. It's only three years old. It's a UTMB. Yeah. Yeah, you get points for that. Okay. So, so not, not the Western State yet. No. Sonny, you have a, a medal here you want to talk about a little bit? Well, Jesse actually knows the history about it. I've never gotten a, or seen a finisher medal and a buckle for a 100-mile, but we got both. And there's a story, it's a really beautiful, I know you can't see it, large finisher medal that is in three parts. And it's really quite beautiful, but there's a story behind it that Jessie found. I'll let her share that because it, it makes it even more special. Um, so the race director uh, commented and said that um, she designed the Cloud Splitter Medal after the Medal of Honor. The United States military has dozens, I'm reading what she wrote, so I'm quoting her specifically. The United States military has dozens of uh, medals that can be awarded for performance or participation in various endeavors, but only a small handful known as Valor Awards are given for acts of courage. The highest and the most revered of these is the Medal of Honor, and I thought it fit in since the only most valiant and the most brave runners will dare to run on Pine Mountain, so now you know why. So... Um, if you've ever seen the United States Medal of Honor, um, the actual metal part is shaped similar to this with a star uh, pointing um, six, um, six-edged star. Um, it's gold and it's on a blue lanyard, um, so it does look very similar to this. But um, I didn't disagree with her. <laughs> beautiful metal, beautiful buckle. Bob, you, you have finished so many different hundreds. This is another hundred and another finish, and, and it has strong finish. Tell us about your strong finish. How, how, how do you feel on the whole race? Um, I had very mixed feelings about this race afterwards, but um, I, I felt the end of it, uh, that I did finish uh, strong, so I felt a lot better. As uh, Jesse said earlier, the those out and back sections were, uh, to me, just demoralizing. <laughs> um, to do them once would have been okay, but then you're like, man, I gotta go do that again. <laughs> so once you got to the 68 mile point and you started heading back, I felt relieved. Mm -hmm. and, and the closer I got to the finish line, is the more relieved I got. So uh, you know, in my mind, it just kept getting easier as I got closer. 
and so naturally I I kind of speed up at the end of 100 mile races anyway so I was really enjoying that last you know, 15 20 miles <laughs> so, so what are you looking for for next um, the uh, running the Penhody 100 again uh, this year this will be my, my fourth Penhody um, my 10th uh, 100 um, and then I've got uh, uh, next year plans coming together that uh, looking at doing the Penhody trail slam again um, debating whether or not to try the uh, 72 hour double top instead of the 100 mile but that's, that's going to go into whether or not that'll qualify for the trail slam or not uh, but uh, on top of that I, I'm really wanting to uh, do a few other out-of-state things uh, Thunder Rock is one that's been interested in for a few years so I think Thunder Rock's going to be on the list and of course, uh, Blood Rock 100 coming up in 2017. Yeah, that one is uh, really looking forward to. The one question I have, are you recover from from this race that you just did to, to go to go to Minnesota? I know uh, that they're both in the challenge. Surprisingly, you know, like, yes. Um, I felt like I came out of the race very good condition. Um, I, I didn't even have a blister. Uh, my knee, uh, my right knee, uh, it's been a little sore. But it's been sore since uh, before uh, Cruel Jewel back in May, so you know, it's just something that uh, I just have to run through, basically. All right, that's that sounds like interesting. What about you, Sonny? What's uh, tell us about what was the challenge part? What what was your race like for you? Just kind of short. The race for me was was really it was great until and we. Like Jesse said, getting through that night part was just awful. But when we got out of that, I was feeling really good. The sun had come up. We were back on course. We were still in what I felt was a good position in the race for me, at least. Um, but then getting lost, it just, man, that just, uh, there was one aid station that we came to that I was going to quit. I was like, this is not worth it. I'm done. I'm out. And if my husband's at that aid station, I'm getting in the car and I'm leaving. And I'm not coming back. And he wasn't there. <laughs> but later on, he told me he wouldn't have let me quit anyway. But but I kind of, you know, I had that mental war that, that you all have, or yeah. some people do during these races. And um, our friend Missy had gotten mad and she'd gotten ahead. <laughs> she'd gotten a little ahead of us. So I knew that if I quit, I knew how much more running was left. I knew Jesse would be alone, and I knew how hard that would be. And yeah. I knew it was her first hundred, and I was like, "I'm not going to do that to her. I'm, we're going. I'm going to get her to the finish line." So I stuck it out, and I didn't have the finish time I wanted, but it was awesome because I helped a friend finish an incredibly difficult race. So. What's what's in your calendar next? I'm gonna do Blood Rock 50, um, just because the mountains are my home. Yeah, just because it's in our backyard. <laughs> and it's in my backyard exactly, and it's David's race, so mm -hmm. I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna do a, next year. I'm gonna do another hundred or two. So. Yeah. Looks like you have full talent. <laughs> what about you? So I, I know we talked a lot about you running. Your looks like there was a great team effort mm -hmm. for you to carry through the finishing line. And um, the friends that help you, yeah, and it's it's the friendship that's going to last forever. That that kind of you know you you share that some some difficult time. You know, talk about that a little bit. Got uh, 
uh, to me, it really made the race, especially because I had just met Missy and Sunny the night before at the package pickup. I didn't know them other than just Facebook before going in. So um, being with them the whole time, and um, it just it meant a lot. I looked to them a lot for experience because I knew they had finished one and kind of watching how they would approach hills. And But really what it was that helped was just the positive attitude. Like even through low points, we could still joke around and laugh and we just kind of kept a conversation going. And But even like through some of the section, like the nighttime sections that we were all talking about that were kind of the worst, everybody kind of gets quiet at the same time, but there's still like, you're suffering together. It's like, we're okay. You know, nobody's enjoying this, but we're doing it and we're going to get it done. And it's like, that really made it for me. I think what hurt at Lake Martin in the past, besides just not knowing how to pace for that distance was um, just not knowing through the later stages that that amount of pain is okay, that that's normal, that it's not supposed to be good at this point and these low points are this is just part of the course. So I think having two people with me knowing that they're in the same spot I'm in, like we're not enjoying this right now, but we can do this. It just made it. And I would say for anybody for our first 100, that is a key. I'm sure people can do it by themselves, but I think if you floundered, I would say partner up with somebody because it's not like a pacer, it's like a companion. It's just somebody, another human there that you know it's like, I'm okay. And then they have traveled the distance with you, I guess mm-hmm. that helps too. Great. It sounds sounds interesting. And uh, it looks like you all had a fun. Oh, yes. And uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing <laughs> more about your journey. Do you all have to say any last word? Go run this race. Mm-hmm. Go run it. Um, maybe not the first for your first hundred, but, but go run it. It's a beautiful course. It means a lot to that community. Um, run it. Wow. Great environment. Um, never been around such enthusiasm for the race. Um, just love the community. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's a great, it's, it's a, quite a race. Great. Thanks for your time. And uh, we'll, you. until next time, we'll talk to you later. Thank you.